0: Senior class, happy Sabbath. It's a long day coming, eh, amen? So glad to see you all here. Uh, you know, I was sitting next to Mr. Coker here, and uh, behind me, I just heard this wonderful melodies and harmonies, and I, I looked at Coker and I said, man, they're actually singing today. He says, oh, let's hear it. He said, he said, they smell freedom. <laughs> I I think it's a little bit more than that. God is worthy to be praised. I'm going to say that again. God is worthy to be praised. And so now my question to you this morning is, did you come to praise him? Uh, See, the the, the, the amen's just got a little bit quieter. Did you come to praise him? You see, some of you don't realize here. I'm looking at the audience, uh, Dr. Berkner, uh, President Patterson. I'm looking at the, the senior class, and I'm saying, by the grace of God, some of you, right? <laughs> and some of you are looking back at me, you're saying, it is by the grace of God. I'm saying, uh, I'm looking at some of you, uh, listen, I'm going to look up so you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but I said, Lord, how is this possible? <laughs> and I realize it's through the blood, sweat, and tears that you put in. It's also through the fact that you are at an institution that refuses to give up on you and you serve a God who will never leave you nor forsake you and when you combine all those with amazing faculty and staff that is at Southwestern Adventist University a lot of you are here not only because of your hard work but because of hard work that was placed inside of you as well and that is why God is worthy to be praised I, I want to just talk with you for a little bit more, for a moment this morning and talk to you about that word praise what does it mean And before we open up the word of God, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Lord, our God, our Savior, I'm thankful for this senior class of 2023, but Lord, I'm even more grateful for who you are. That God, if it were not for what you did 2,000 years ago, that, that Lord, none of us would be here in the first place, but Lord, because of what you've done, you've not only allowed us to graduate this weekend, but God, you've given us purpose after graduation. And so, God, now I'm asking for a special blessing upon the lives of each and every one of our senior graduates. And, Lord, as we open up the Word, may we find even more of a richness and depthness inside of your Word that will actually give us more purpose and calling. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 63, the book of Psalms chapter 63 verses one through four. We're gonna look at verses one through four. And this is amazing because I'm so glad I came last weekend uh, to uh, Friday Night Vespers and Pastor Abby Minette was preaching and uh, on, on the, there's a logo on several of the senior t-shirts that shared the theme. And we had a special send off for the senior class. And this is the theme that they chose, Psalm chapter 63, verses three through four, but we're gonna read verses one through four. I believe they have it on here on the screen as well. Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Goes on verse two. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Listen to this, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Some of your versions will say, I will praise you all of my life, as it goes here into verse 4. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. You know, it's, it's very interesting. I looked up the word praise in the Old Testament. Did you realize that there's nine different types of praise in the Old Testament? Uh, the one that's mentioned here is, is mainly Shabbat, which is uh, a, a praise that actually causes peace to come. It's serene. It is like uh watching a, a, a brook of water uh, uh uh just just flow so ever peacefully. Some of you are there right now, you can smell the fresh air. But there's also the praise of lifting up holy hands. There's also the praise called halal, which means to 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 praise God so fervently that people think that you're crazy. Adventist, yes, I said that. It's in the Bible, okay? (laughs) But to actually praise God. and, And I was looking at this and I started thinking and wondering, why is it then that we struggle to actually praise God? Why is it then that we actually struggle to praise God? Listen, you guys are done with worship credits now, amen, right? <laughs> you guys, uh, and, and the, those of you who do not know, they—they are—they're. I wouldn't say I'm not going to say forced worship, but but we want your experience here at Southwestern Adventist University to be to be a wonderful experience, and part of that is getting you getting a chance for you to get to know who Jesus is, and so therefore we're saying hopefully by you going to worship you'll get to know Jesus, but there will be many people who will graduate who will decide I want nothing to do with Jesus. And I start wondering, why is this? What is this praise that, God, you want? And, and I ask the engaged the engage question, what, uh, how valuable is praise to God? And I start wondering, where should I go with this? And I realize that a lot of us are going through something called conditional praise. God, I will praise you if you allow me to graduate. God, I will praise you if you allow me to pass this final exam. God, I will praise you if you allow me to pay my final balance that I owe from Southwestern, because some of you will get a white sheet that says you need to pay. All right. Anyways, you'll figure that out. But don't worry, we're still going to let you walk. Uh, But God, I will praise you if this person actually ends up with me. God, I will praise you. And it comes with an if. I want us to think about getting rid of that if this morning, and I I want to share with you the cost of praise. You see, I I think sometimes we think like, God, you need my praise. God does not need our praise. He wants our praise. Hey, I'm going to dare say this. God does not need you. He wants you. He died not because he is lonely. He died because he cares about you desperately. And he's saying, I want your praise, and we're going to figure out why he wants our praise. As a matter of fact, the text that we're going to actually dive into as I I prayed about this, I struggled with this. God, what can I give the class of 2023 before they leave? And I believe this is a word from the Lord. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. We're still talking about praise. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And we're talking about that conditional praise, how to get over it. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. This is Jesus speaking. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. I'm going to pause there for a second. Notice was that, that first word that's in parentheses say, if anyone desires to come after me. Do you desire to come after Jesus? Do you desire to praise him. You see, the first thing that your praise is going to cost you is going to be your preferences. See, Jesus, I prefer that you would do this for me. And God, I prefer that with this degree, I will work here and I would do this. And God, I have all these plans. And God is saying, if you're going to serve me, if you're going to desire to come after me, what is it that you're going to have to do? You're going to have to give up some of those ifs and say, God, I am here to follow you. God, my very volition, my desires, my wishes are encapsulated in wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it, and not saying, God, I want you to allow me to have my fun and do whatever I want to do, and I still want you to bless me. As I was looking here, notice here, verse verse, uh, 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, and I realize this, that it will cost some of you some of your preferences, not all of them. Listen here, some of you got dressed this morning. You're saying, I don't know what to wear. I don't know what's like in your house. But the fourth dress change, I'm still telling my wife, she's beautiful. And then finally, that fifth one, you're like, okay, this is it, right? You're allowed to wear whatever you want to wear. I'm not telling you that God's going to dictate absolutely everything. and You're a robot going through life and saying, where shall I go? What shall I eat? Listen here, there's some times where he does share those things with you. But a lot of times he's just asking that you allow him to prepare the way and you walk with him and he walks with you. What do I mean by this? That it will cost you your preference. It will cost you some of your ifs, saying that, Jesus, I desire to come after you, and therefore, it leads us to our next thing. It will actually cause you your self-praise. I'm going to get nerdy for just a second. you Is that okay? All right. <laughs> if anyone, let him deny himself. This word, deny. It's a word that means to utterly denounce oneself. That is not like the nation that we live in today. That is not like the world that we live in today. Today, we live in a world where we say, put yourself up on a pedestal, shout as loudly as you can, and berate the world until they follow and know exactly what you think. But we serve a Savior who was meek and lowly who died on a cross, even though he was master of the universe. And he's saying, anyone who wants to follow me must deny themselves, must utterly denounce themselves, and it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you your self-praise. You see, some of us follow Jesus because of the great benefits, and there are some great benefits. Some of us are preachers. Uh, uh, Praise the Lord, right? But some of us are preachers because we like standing up here and and can I tell you about my drug of choice that I'm still getting over. After you preach and you stand behind and there's a line of people telling you how wonderful and great you are and it's just like, (laughs) ah. And then I come before the Lord and he says, get over yourself and follow me. Don't preach for man's adulation. Preach the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring them closer to me, not to yourself. Don't get this piece of paper, this diploma that's going to uplift you so you can get rich and powerful and all the the plaudits of the entire world. Instead, get this piece of paper that's going to further the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Go forth with a, a ministry, and listen here, there's lots of types of ministry. There's music ministry, there's, there's nursing ministry, there is uh, pastoral ministry, yes, but there's communications ministry. Every one of you are called to be a part of the priesthood of all believers. That means you are all ministers sent forth from Southwestern Adventist University, but most importantly, from the very bosom of Jesus Christ. It's gonna cost you your preference, it's gonna cost you your praise. But last but not least, the word of God says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and do what? Follow me. It's going to cost you something that most of us in this very room are not willing to get rid of. It's gonna cost you your pride. It's gonna cost your preference, it's gonna cost your praise, and it's gonna cost you your pride. Notice here when he says, let him take up his cross daily, I used to think that it was taking up the cross of Jesus and carrying it. But he says, I carried my own cross. You're going to carry yours. Everyone look at their neighbor and tell them, carry your cross. Look at your neighbor, tell them to carry your cross. And I want you to know this. Some of our crosses are large. Some of our crosses are small. Some of our lives have been messed up. Some of our lives have been jacked up. Some of us have learning disabilities. Some of us have stature disabilities, all right? Like, why y'all looking at me so closely, all right? <laughs> and see, Mr. Coker said, hey, you like our new table? It's like, I was like, I couldn't see from a vantage point. And said, man, am I gonna be looking, I, I thought it was gonna be, <laughs> and the Lord. all right. So, so we, we all have our crosses to bear, okay? But Jesus tells us, I will never give you more than you can handle. I I will be with you. As a matter of fact, he says, I will help you take it, but you have to be willing to pick it up, take it and follow me. And what that means is, in utterly denouncing myself, it means that I have to get over myself. You know, I used to think that I was here to praise God to stroke his ego. Oh, God needs to be praised because, well, then he feels good about himself because I like feeling good about myself. I like it when someone says, oh, Pastor Swoops, I enjoyed that. I I like this. Or I enjoy it when my kids are are thankful for something I've done. It it, it makes me feel great. But I realize something. God's ego does not need to be stroked, right? God asks us to praise to actually help us diminish our own egos. When I realize that he alone is worthy to be praised, there's something that happens inside of me it means that his character actually starts becoming like mine and and mine like his. I start adapting the very characteristics of Jesus Christ when I'm willing to praise him because I'm willing to die to myself so I can take up my cross and follow him because I start spending time with him and I start becoming more like Jesus. You see, it's not just about giving up. It's not just about paying the price. There's something that happens when we pay the price and we give up our preference. He fills us with purpose. I don't think you heard me today. When we give up our preferences, he actually fulfills our lives with purpose. And when we give up our, our praise, our self-praise, he actually gives us the ability to become unfazed. That means that when you do not praise me for the job that I think that I did well, I look unto Jesus Christ, and the author and finisher of my faith, whom he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, in whom I well please. That's the praise that I'm after, not yours, I'm sorry. <laughs> you see, it's not just that when I give up my self uh, praise, he causes me to be unfazed, but when I give up my pride, he in turn gives me the prize. See, some of you think that prize is heaven. Some of you would be miserable if you made it to heaven. Because you don't know how to praise on earth, it will be impossible for you to praise in heaven. Because you don't know Jesus Christ here on this earth, you will not get a chance to know him when he comes to the cause of glory because when he comes, you won't recognize him and he won't recognize you. You see, you say, you're saying that I want the prize, but do you really want the prize? Do you realize this? That the world is coming up with the prize better than we are right now. There's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Kiltner, who is a, a, a professor at, at Berk, uh, Berkeley, and he's written this book called Ah. And he said, Do you realize what he said the number one awe-strucking thing is in the entire, entire universe? It's actually something he calls moral beauty. And I'm listening to a podcast he's on. I, I, I just picked up his book and it's beautiful. It's wonderful, the things that he's saying. But he says, when we meet people with high character and virtue, that of kindness and goodness, self-control, does that sound familiar? By the way, this gentleman is completely secular. He says, but when we meet people like that, it causes awe to rise up in us. And I think it's a shame because there should be so much awe inside the church of God and we don't see it kindness, goodness, love, mercy, loving kindness, these things that we get from Jesus Christ. You see, this is the thing. The prize is not found in heaven. The prize is found in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when I spend time with Jesus, y'all don't hear me, saints, I start becoming like Jesus. And when I start becoming like Jesus, the world gets a chance to know who he is. And when they get a chance to know who he is, they see the moral beauty that is actually the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we stop walking around pretending that we have the heart that God has called us to have. But we start walking around carrying this Jesus Christ that I know so intimately and personally that has changed my life completely. You know, if you look up the greatest athletes in the world, some of you are going to think Michael Jordan. Uh, don't you dare say LeBron James. All right. Uh, but uh, actually on the cover of of, of of Sports Illustrated, one point in time, there was, and listen here, the, the sound team, they said, hey, what's the, what's the point of time that we know that you're winding down? I said, it's when I mention a horse. They so said, what, say, say that again? It says, when I mention a horse, right? But there's a horse by the name of Secretariat. Have you guys ever heard of him? Some of you are older, and some of you have seen the movie, like, oh, that's that movie my parents made me watch. They said it was Sabbath appropriate, and it was, it was, it was all right, right? But <laughs> there's a horse by the name of Secretariat, and it still holds all the records. It broke the mile and a half record by, it, it ran it ran under two minutes, uh, one minute and 59 seconds, I think is the, it's the record. But the thing that's so amazing is that this horse died, I think in 1981, and they did a necrop- necropsy, right? It's not a it's not an autopsy on, a, on an animal. And when they opened up Secretariat, they were trying to figure out what made this horse tick, what caused him to be so much faster and so much more efficient than all the other horses. And they found out that his heart was actually 22 pounds. And the average thoroughbred's heart was eight pounds. His heart was three times as, ma- nearly three times, ta- those of you who are a math major, stop looking at me, was nearly three times as massive as a regular thoroughbred. And I started imagining, what would it be like if people could look inside of the hearts of God's true people? Not those who profess to be God's people, but those who actually spend time with them, those who have pray- paid the price of, of praise those who have denied their preferences, those who have denied themselves, those who have denied their pride to take up the cross of Christ, there's something that happens inside of us. He causes our hearts to grow larger and larger and larger. And this thing called moral beauty the world is running off with, those who are called Christians will actually look at the world and say, if you are looking for your savior, you can meet him through me. I'm not your savior, but I've spent time with him and I reflect his character. Southwestern graduates of 2023. There's going to be some amazing things that you guys are going to do. Some of you will literally change the world, but let them know why you're changing it. You're changing it not because of what you've done or who you've done. You've changed the world because of who you served. You've changed the world because you've paid the price, paid the price of praise as a result of that. Jesus Christ has filled you with purpose. He has filled your life with the prize that is only found in Jesus Christ and has filled your life with the ability to be unfazed by life. Your life has been messed up, wrecked up, shook up. And Jesus now says it's time to look up, pick up that cross, deny yourself, and to follow him. Let's see, I know we're not used to doing altar calls in the middle of Elevate right now because, well, Pastor Michael does. But if there's someone here, maybe you're part of the senior class, maybe you're here visiting and you want to pay that price and you're saying, Jesus, I want to surrender to you. I'm not not calling you up here for baptism right now. What I'm calling you up here for right now is just a chance to say, Lord Jesus, I'm willing to pay that price. If you're willing to pay, pay that price, I just want you to raise your hand and say, Jesus Christ, every single day, what does it look like? Every day I want to spend time with you because by spending time with you, I will become more like you. There's no more worship credits. No one's gonna smack your hand for not doing so. This is now between you and the Savior, looking in the mirror, surrender your life unto him and may the world see that our hearts are four times larger than that of the world because that's how large our Savior's heart is. His heart is actually an infinite amount larger than we could ever think or imagine and so right now jesus as we see these hands lifted up i'm asking that god you help us to pay that price of praise lord by denying our preferences by denying our self-praise and lord by denying our pride to pick up the prize that is in jesus christ and the true prize is a relationship with you god may we enter that relationship every single day not wanting to be like anyone else except for like you. We praise your name, Jesus Christ, and Lord, we deny our egos because we pick up our cross and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.